0: This is Janice.
1: And I'm Sarah N.
0: And we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern-day working professional.
1: Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally. Hey guys! So we can't believe it's already October 2021 is passing by in a flash. And in case you're not aware of this, this is a public service announcement. We're less than 100 days to the end of the year. Kind of crazy, don't you think, Janice? Oh my goodness, time is flying by like crazy. (laughs) Yeah, we can't believe it. But you know what? It's been quite an incredible journey Mm -hmm. since we kicked off the Explore This podcast. When was it? July? Yeah, it was
0: July actually. So it's only been about three months.
1: We've been speaking to a lot of our listeners that have reached out to us, both on Instagram, LinkedIn, as well as personal DMs. We've heard from you that you also would like for us to inject more of ourselves, Janice and myself, to be part of the conversation as well as with the interviews that we've been doing with our guests. So for now, we've already produced and released more than 10 episodes with different guests, but we also like to share some of our thoughts as part of our journey so that you get to know us more as your podcast hosts.
0: It's really been so surreal And we've gotten so much Amazing feedback Really constructive Points of improvement And on that note I want to give a shout out To Amanda Lowe Who left us A review on Apple Podcast. Amanda says that the Explorers podcast is packed with fresh perspectives and clarity on the abstract ideas of passion and career, which are often romanticized. Hosted by Explorers, A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E-R-S, nice one Amanda, who put their words into action in their own personal and career lives. Wow, honestly, we're so grateful for that. Thank you so much, Amanda, and all our other listeners who have left us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to do more shout-outs to our listeners, so please continue to drop us your reviews on Apple Podcasts.
1: All right, so let's kickstart today's discussion Janice and I, we love optimizing our productivity and trying out new habit hacks that can help us in improving our productivity levels. At the same time, we want to emphasize we don't subscribe to this hustle culture. We're not saying, you know, work yourself to death and, you know, especially those 24-7 late nights. That's not what we're talking about. I think it's about prioritizing and having these hacks to see what works for you you know, what works for me might not work for Janice, but I think today's episode is all about sharing so that we can also exchange ideas. And also to just put it out there, we're strong believers of prioritizing our mental health and self-care, and that's going to be an episode for another day.
0: Yep, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, like what Sarah said, we really believe that there is no one-size-fit-all or universally perfect productivity system, of course. But today, we want to share with you guys about our personal productivity, go-to habits, what has been working so far for us, and maybe some areas of improvement as well that we have identified for ourselves And the intention of this discussion is for us to spark a discussion among our whole Explore This community so we can also learn from you and to learn from each other as well. So without further ado, let's kick off this discussion, Sarah. Share with us, what is your number one go-to productivity hack?
1: All right, so I think some of my close friends know this, so it's not going to be a surprise. But for me, one of my number one productivity hacks is that I swear by my calendar and people have heard me say this before. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. Mm -hmm. And while I say that, and most of my friends have heard me say that, I'm very sure some of you can echo the same. And the confession I have to make is that even for social events, I make sure to calendarize it at the risk of being called boring But at the same time, it helps me make sure that I prioritize the events that go into my calendar so that I don't double book myself. And I also know what to expect as I plan for the rest of my week. And I think someone like Janice as well, you know, we don't necessarily spell it out, but we always know if we were to book our podcast recording session, for example, or we know that we're going to have a dinner date without even asking, we would immediately put in a calendar invite for each other because we know how much it helps to see the event in our calendar and yeah just make sure that it's not something that we miss out and along the same lines another pro tip that i wanted to add is i make sure to put into my calendar recurrent or repeatable events and that might include simple things Life things, for example, paying bills. These might be annual things, for example, paying your road tax or insurance renewal that comes in once in a year. And it's not something that you necessarily look out for as to the expiry date. But if you put it into your calendar once and you make it repeat every year once annually that will make sure that you know when to expect that the insurance or the road tax renewal is coming up and you can renew it beforehand so that's one of my little pro tip in terms of swearing by my calendar making sure everything goes into my calendar
0: i gotta say and i will certainly vouch for that Sarah Ann is super organized And I would say 8 <laughs> out of 10 times After we end the conversation It would be Okay, I'm going to send you a calendar invite Like even if it's like a catch-up call Or yeah, even like our podcast discussions as well Whether it's a recording with a guest Or even just catch-up sessions With Sarah and myself That recurs on a weekly basis Sarah has got it in the calendar <laughs> So she totally sorts me out in that respect And I have to say Yeah, that, that is a really good tip On swearing by your calendar
1: if it's not in the calendar, we know it's not happening. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> so Jen, what about yourself? Share with us your number one productivity hack.
0: I would say my number one productivity hack is to have a to-do list, right? So I know for a lot of you guys, you, you all have your to-do list as well, whether that's like at work and you have it in your work computer or even in your diary. It doesn't matter electronic or physical, but for me, I would like to emphasize the fact that it's not just about having a to-do list, but I realized what has worked for me is to have a weekly to-do list and a daily to-do list. Mm. So the reason how that came about for me is that I always feel the Sunday scaries, right? I think a lot of y'all would resonate with that. And when that happens on a Sunday evening, I s- start to get really overwhelmed, thinking about the long list of things that I will need to do and tackle for the rest of the week. And they're all just swimming around in my head. And that causes me to have a Monday blues the next day. So it's like a spillover feeling of overwhelm and just like anxiety. I feel what has really helped to minimize those Sunday scaries and Monday blues is to have a weekly to-do list that I write down every Sunday night so that I can see ahead of time, like, okay, for the whole week, what meetings do I have? What deliverables do I need to complete? And just to get a clue of what that week is gonna look like, get a little pulse check so you know what to expect. And then uh when I go into work on Monday, you know, I kind of feel okay, I already know what's ahead of the day. I know what's ahead of the week. It starts to feel a little bit more doable. And also on the daily, I also have a to-do list where I write my top three must completes for the day. And I would divide that into work must completes and personal life and admin uh, must complete. So that's like the top three. And just, you know, one final note on the to-do list is, I don't know if you guys have heard this expression of like eat that frog. So it's a Brian Tracy expression, eat that frog, and it's a whole productivity methodology, which essentially means, you know, to start your day with the biggest, most important and your most dreaded task. So you eat your frog early in the morning, get the thing that you're most likely to procrastinate on like right out of the day. So in my top three list, I also have one of the tasks that's probably like a big frog that I try to complete first and foremost early in the morning. So that sets me up for the day and it builds some momentum of like, okay, I've done the worst and the biggest challenging tasks for the day. And then the rest of the day kind of gets easier. So that's my number one hack.
1: I love it, Jan. So have you decided what you're eating for your big frog tomorrow morning then?
0: That's still mulling in my mind. I've just completed my Sunday, you know, week long ahead list. I have actually a few frogs to
1: eat. Oh, dear. This week, so
0: <laughs> not looking forward to that too much. But yeah, that I'll deal with that tomorrow morning. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I have to say, I love that idea of having a weekly to-do list that you write out on a Sunday night just so that you have visibility of how the rest of your week will pan out. And I think that applies both from a professional work perspective as well as just seeing what your social calendar might look like. I mean, Mm -hmm. now as we're slowly coming out of lockdown, you know, there might be different dinner events or catch up with friends, social activities. So you want to be able to see how that's also spread out and you can sort of navigate your calendar accordingly, right? I think, for example, if you know you're going out on a weekend it's going to be a crazy one that at least you make sure to get all the work done in the weekday so yeah Yeah. i love that that tip on the weekly sunday night to-do list and also i think in terms of that social activity one as
0: well it's also to plan your social energy reserve right like get more sleep the first half of the (laughs) the week and then you know gets a little the party mood kind of comes on when it's friday so you also know what
1: to look forward to exactly
0: yeah give us your second tip, Sarah.
1: All right. So my second productivity hack is I like to write things down and that makes me sort of queen of listicles. So I have a list of a lot of things in my notebook in my iPhone. And basically where I come from is I always think I don't want to trust my memory. It will fail me. And when something happens, I write it down almost immediately. And that includes things, for example, reflection on certain things that I've learned, certain ideas that come into my mind, certain realizations, certain epiphanies. I actually have a couple of ongoing lists that just say something like lessons learned through my job or... Ideas that came to my mind while I'm at the shower, or even with it, for example, explore this related, right? If an idea for an improvement comes in, I just have a running list that whenever it comes to my mind, I immediately list it down just so that I don't forget. But a simpler example I would say is, for example, a grocery list. When you find out that you've run out of something in your kitchen, for example, I don't know, mushrooms, I would add it to the grocery list immediately just so that when it th- comes time for the shopping at the end of the week, I'm not going around thinking, okay, what was it that I needed again? Or what was it that ran out that I forgot? I don't have to start thinking of what I need to buy then. It's already been a list that has been growing since the start of the week. So it sounds like a very simple thing to do, but I realize not a lot of people do it. You know, you come to the stage where only when something runs out and only when you're about to hit the grocery run, then you start thinking, oh, what is it that I need? But what I'm trying to suggest is for you to keep that running list ongoing. And so as things run out, you put it in there immediately. What's the latest list that you have that you just added on? I'm curious.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Putting you on the spot.
1: All right. Oh, wow. Okay. So I think the last List, which I actually have yeah, been adding to quite frequently or quite recently has been, um, I would say, leadership lessons that I've been learning through my role as an early in career at the tech company that I'm in. And so in my role, I'm learning a lot of things every day, but there are certain key leadership related lessons that I learned whether by observations of my managers or my peers and I sort of write it down because eventually one day you know there might be an opportunity to talk about it write about it and so like I mentioned it's just a growing list that as and when it happens I just make a quick note so that when the time comes I won't forget actually another idea that came to my mind and I can't claim to say this is my idea I read it off somewhere it's actually called a brag list. And this might be helpful for Janice, myself, and anyone else that's listening. We always have to go through performance reviews right, with our managers. And that might mean quarterly, half-yearly or whatever. And so these brag lists essentially came about because when the time comes for you to share with your manager during those quarterly or half-yearly performance reviews, you don't start thinking, oh, what is it that I've done for the past three months? Or what is it that I did that I achieved or the impact that I delivered for the past three or six months? As and when those impacts come about, you immediately add it to that inverted comma brag list or that impact list. Lists. And so when the time comes for the performance review, it's already a growing list that has been accumulated over the three months. You don't wait till the end of that three to six months to think back on reflection because trust me, you're going to forget and you're going to miss out on, on certain things. I really, really
0: like that idea. And I think when people are talking about how you have to enhance and update your CV every year or so, right? Having a bright list would come in really handy when you're thinking about what are some of your key achievements and accomplishments. And I think it's also a mood booster and positivity reinforcement tool, right? Especially when times are rough or when some days are a bit more difficult. It kind of reminds you of how far you have come
1: Definitely. It, keeps, it
0: motivates you to keep going. I
1: love it. Definitely. Yeah. And you know, it would be a shame if you have done certain key things that you've delivered and the impact has been there, but you forget it when the time comes for that performance review. That would be such a shame. So yeah, I would say keep that bright list going. Love it. All right, Jen. So share with us your second productivity hack that you'd like to share with our listeners.
0: My second hack, I would say, is to intentionally carve out that deep work time. So how that came about for me is that, you know, sometimes you would start off your day with great intentions to work on a particular project and having it on your must-complete list, top three list. it's there. But only to find that it's already three or four in in the evening and you've barely scratched the surface because... Every time you sit down to work on it, something would just come on to totally throw you off guard and you'll find at the end of the day, oh my goodness, I've not only not achieved all three of it, but I haven't even achieved like one of it sometimes. So this is a case that commonly occurs, right? So what has really helped me is Cal Newport's idea of deep work. And I don't know whether this was a concept that was coined by Cal Newport per se, but it's definitely something that was popularized by Cal Newport in his book, where he talks about deep work and the importance of it. So how he defines deep work is that it's when you focus without distraction on a cognitively demanding task. And the benefits of working on something while in deep work mode is that you will actually produce much better results than when you were to work with distracted and fragmented attention, which most of us do. Two action steps in relation to carving out time for deep work is to block out focus time. And with that, I think it's knowing uh, which hours are most productive time for you to get deep work done. And then schedule that accordingly. And I think what's really important with that is to treat that time like an important meeting or an appointment and try to minimize distractions during that time. So for me, what I'll try to do is either put my phone like really far away or to put it on airplane mode for that, you know, one hour or or one and a half hour where I have to really, really focus and think on how I can strategize on a particular project. For me, I would say my productive hours, I'm one of those crazy ones who function extremely well at 5 (laughs) a.m. I don't do too well late at night, guys. So I'm definitely a morning lark. So I wake up um, at 5 in the morning. And for me, my most productive hours would be from 5-ish to probably sometime before lunch because that's when I get really hungry. (laughs) So if I need to get something really important done, I'll wake up early. That will be my deep work hour and I'll make sure I get my stuff done. The things that require probably more intellectual um, attention and a lot of intentional strategizing and thinking and contemplation. So that will happen before lunch. And then after lunch, that will be when the slump hits and I'll do something that's a bit more like admin perhaps. So that's with uh, blocking out focus time. And then the second element in terms of carving out deep work time is also being aware of the outcome of what you're trying to achieve is actually really important. Because by having that end result in mind to know exactly what you're striving for, lets your brain know what it's supposed to be working on and will motivate motivated to pull all of your energy resources towards working on that task. So if you understand why you're doing something that will be easier for you to focus all your attention and channel all your energy to having that deep work time become really really productive but of course you know on this deep work note it's something that I still you know struggle with a bit and definitely I think with phones and sometimes it it, it really is hard to go on airplane mode like let's be real right because we all need whatsapp and to to check on it every now and then because Important stuff do, does come in on WhatsApp.
1: Yeah, so on that note, Jen, for better or for worse, right, this idea of having WhatsApp web, it's seriously mm. the best thing and sort of the worst thing that can happen to us. Who because even with putting your phones away, this WhatsApp web, you know, it's so convenient. But yeah, I think that is also a definite huge source of distraction. So I think it's mm. like being really intentional to even just close that off. Yep. All right. I think my third productivity hack that I'd like to share is the Pomodoro Technique. And some of you might have heard of it. Some of you might have not heard of it or might not even have tried it. So what Pomodoro Technique is, it is a time management method developed by someone really wise. I'm going to try to pronounce his name, Francesco Cirillo, in the late 1980s. So what it is, is that it uses a timer to break work into intervals. Traditionally, this idea was breaking work into 25-minute intervals in length, separated by short breaks. And each interval is actually known as a pomodoro. And this word pomodoro comes from the Italian word for tomato. After the tomato-shaped kitchen timer that Cirillo used as a university student, I think some of us would have seen this tomato-shaped timer And so, for the purposes of this technique, a Pomodoro is essentially referring to an interval of work time. So, whether it's a 25 minute interval or a 45 minute interval, that's something that I regularly subscribe to. And I'll give you a very simple example. If I'm trying to complete a task, which I know might be a bit long drawn out, what I would do is my timer is actually by default set at 45 minutes. And I would work very hard as best as I can, my version of deep work, like Janice mentioned in her earlier point, to focus very hard on that 45 minutes to complete it within that given period of time so that I can take a 15-minute break after that. And I use this technique both at work. So yes, admittedly, my phone is buzzing a lot because of these 45-minute alarms, but also for podcast-related work. So sometimes I get lost into this little rabbit hole of doing research, or doing editing-related work. So in order to not be completely losing track of time, I would set up 45 minutes interval and I would focus on doing, example, the editing work in that 45 minutes. And then put a stop on it. And if I am still not done, then I'll put another example 25 minutes or 45 minutes. So I think the idea behind having a very focused period of time behind it helps me make sure that I try to complete it in that given allocated period of time and not get distracted. So if you've never tried it, I definitely recommend giving it a shot.
0: Yeah, actually, it really does tie into deep work as well, right? I would Mm. say it's just that this one has a specific time block and a 45-25 minute ratio. I wonder if that is research-based in terms of that. 45 minutes is most ideal for a deep work session rather than to, let's say, extend to 55
1: minutes. No, it's a great question. I guess, you know, only Cirello would know. But (laughs) I think traditionally, like I mentioned, it's 25 minutes. But I think it also depends on what the task is at hand hmm so yeah my phone buzzes every 45 minutes sometimes it gets kind of annoying but it helps me As, and it, well it, it's useful now that I'm working from home it doesn't annoy my colleagues or anything <laughs> so Janice share with us what is your third productivity hack then
0: so my third and final productivity hack is to outsource and delegate when you can This was a concept that I didn't really use in my early 20s, but I think as I kind of uh, got into my late 20s and I started living alone, that was when I realized that actually a lot of things on my to-do list are actually things that can be outsourced to other people or even um, delegated. And that frees me up to focus on the things that I need to do that really require my energy, my full focus, my full concentration. I'll give a simple example. So for something like cleaning and I don't mean the, the kind of casual cleaning but actually deep cleaning of the house that's something that I feel we all can do but the question is how much time is actually involved in that and how effective would we be so how me, good are we as well yeah, you. how good are we at it <laughs> so I tried doing that I think in the first few months when I moved to Hong Kong I cleaned my whole house on my own because I realized like you know I'm not living in a mansion <laughs> far from it it's a space that it's sufficient for one and small enough for me to clean um, I assumed but I realized after doing it on my own for many months it just wore me out and actually took my time away from doing a lot of other productive things that I could be doing so what I did was actually to invest in a cleaner that will come to my house every once in two weeks and that honestly has been life-changing in so many ways like in terms of my stress level (laughs) in terms of even the quality of cleanliness of the house I mean the cleaner does so much better of a job than I ever could. She gets the house clean in half the time I would and in probably four or five times the results. So <laughs> being able to outsource that task has been really good. Of course, it involves some investment of money. But I think when you do your cost-benefit analysis, you have to see what works for you, right? What's worth it and what isn't. I realized that that was something that certainly has like a very, very good ROI. And, you know, talking about outsourcing and that, looking at you know even for our podcasting itself like so much work goes into production oh yes yeah perhaps in future we can probably think about outsourcing post-production work right what do you think sarah
1: (laughs) yeah it sounds so real i mean janice and i We're working full-time as well. And this is obviously our site passion project, but it does take a lot of time. So that's why we love it when we have listeners that actually do pay attention to listen to our episodes. It makes us really happy to know that it's not just my mom, Janice's dad that are tuning into it, but more than that. And so, yeah, eventually as we scale, maybe it is definitely something that we should consider doing because I think the idea of outsourcing might sometimes get a bad rap where we come from is that we can focus more on the works that we are skilled at doing. For example, conducting these interviews and leaving someone else who might be more skilled at the editing and production work.
0: Yeah, 100%. So I think this is something you guys can think about as well. What is something that you're currently doing right now that is taking up a lot of time and a lot of effort and would free up your time so much more if you can start delegating it or even outsourcing it out? So yeah, that wraps up our segment on our top three productivity hacks. And before we get into the next segment, I think I'd like to kind of end this segment by saying that looking at the times that we live in right now, we acknowledge that the COVID times are hard and it has been stressful for many people. And a lot of you are also caretakers right now. So we want to acknowledge that there will be down moments that would reflect the reality of these very tough situations that we live in now. So you know, at these times, don't beat yourself out. Don't force yourself to be productive when you can't because it might be very counterproductive. So I would say for me, what I've done is like on really, really difficult or challenging days, just write it out, have an early night's rest and just start fresh the next day.
1: Love that. And so, on that note, we'd like to share with you as well. We've got these productivity hacks that we think has worked for us, but at the same time, let's be real Janice and I are still human, and there are things that we'd like to get better at. So, I I can go first. I think what I would like to keep working on, you know, and get better at, at on this topic of productivity is really prioritization. I think, like Janice mentioned, we definitely do get distracted when it comes to this idea of having fragmented attention span and it's so real there there are often things that come up which we might need to address immediately and so it might always feel like we're constantly firefighting i want to get better at prioritization because there are times where i feel that there is always a pressure to respond to for example every email that comes in top of my inbox what ends up happening is that i might have 10 half written email tabs opened at any given time because I'm answering different emails as they come along and never completing any. And so that can be very overwhelming. So what I would like to explore is the idea of the prioritization matrix made popular by the Eisenhower matrix and essentially it is a time management tool that helps us rank tasks based on urgency as well as importance. The fundamental principle behind this Eisenhower matrix is that it divides tasks based on their relative urgency and importance so it helps you to manage your to-do list in a way that is more efficient from the highest priority to the urgent activities and essential tasks, as well as the lowest priority to the least urgent and least important tasks. So some of you might have seen this two by two matrix whereby there's a column on urgent and not urgent and a row on important and not important. And so it helps you to plan for the future. It helps you to make tasks more manageable, more bite-sized. And like Janice said, it helps you to delegate where you can empower somebody else to do something for you as well as it can help you with avoiding wasting time in doing inconsequential tasks. So if you've never checked this out, definitely recommend checking out this Eisenhower Matrix. I will give it a go as well because at the end of the day, expectations and priorities change at very fast pace in our working environments. And so we do need a framework that's simple, intuitive, flexible, and can help us with aligning naturally with how work can be done. so this urgency and importance matrix, I hope will definitely be something that can help me. I look forward to sharing with you all how this turns out for me. What about you, Janice? Actually, I do resonate
0: with that, like what you mentioned earlier about having all these emails come in, and then as you respond to one or two, five more comes in, and after it,. Yeah, it just is like it becomes a bit too overwhelming. So that really is such a good framework and tool to use. And I think a lot of the productivity gurus kind of swear by this matrix as well and for good reason. So great stuff there, Sarah. And we'll check in with you again in two months time to see how you get on (laughs) with that Eisenhower matrix. Yeah. For me, I would say one area that I would really want to improve and get better at is to say no more often. What I mean by that is to actually get better at saying no to things that don't actually um, add value. So my tendencies, I don't know if you guys have heard of like the Gretchen Rubin for tendencies. So um, if you haven't, look it up. It's quite a good tool to understanding your inclinations and your tendencies. So for me, I tend to be quite agreeable and obliging, which means that I sometimes do take on tasks that don't actually really add value to me. And I do it out of obligation to make sure that I'm like satisfying different stakeholders. And eventually that leaves me feeling very very drained. My calendar looks really cluttered and with different meetings, different sometimes even social obligations that I actually don't want to go to. And I realized that at the end of the day, that Depletes my energy and takes my focus away from things that actually do add value to me and things I actually want to do. So what I really want to be accountable to and I'm putting out there, right, is to be more intentional with the things that I've committed to. Say no if it's something that I don't actually want to do, and if it's a no, then just say no. If an invitation comes along that I actually don't feel too keen about, just be direct and say thank you for inviting me, but nah, not this time, or I'm not gonna do it. And I don't think we need to be apologetic about setting boundaries, right? And this is something I read somewhere, which I really liked, which is each time you said no to something that you would have said yes to in the past, you are strengthening your muscles to create boundaries and make it easier to say no in the future. I don't know where that comes from, but whoever you are out there on the internet, thank you so much for saying that because that really did speak to me. The next time when I feel caught between wanting to make someone happy and wanting to make myself happy, this just reinforces the fact that saying no to whatever someone has asked of me is another way of saying yes to what I truly want to commit myself to. This is a huge area of development that I really want to make sure that I improve on for this year. So yeah, seeing it out there is going to keep myself accountable and Sarah accountable as well with her area of development
1: yeah so for all of our listeners that are out there check in on Janice and myself and keep us honest right because at the end of the day we're not here to tell you all the things that work but not also be honest with what our struggles are so keep me honest with exploring this new prioritization matrix and keep Janice honest with what is the last thing she said no to at the end of the day it's all about creating healthy boundaries and not necessarily feeling guilty when we say no to certain things because it opens up the space for us to say yes to other things that we feel are a bit more fulfilling and things that we actually want to be a part of so yeah that's an incredible way to wrap up so Janice why don't you recap your top three for us
0: my top three productivity hacks is firstly to have a weekly and daily to-do list secondly to carve out deep work time and thirdly to outsource and delegate what about your Sarah
1: Okay. And for me, number one, I swear by my calendar and you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to repeat it again. If it's not in my calendar, it's not happening. So thank you to all my friends who indulge me in that. Second top tip is to write things down, make a list of the things that you want to remember in the long run. Don't wait for the time when you need it to actually start listing it down. So basically listicles. And thirdly, the Pomodoro technique of having deep work time intervals in 25 or 45 minutes and then have a 15-minute break.
0: So I think this really wraps up our episode nicely. While Sarah and myself, we love exchanging productivity tips and hacks, we just need to put a reminder out there that It's important to experiment and have a trial and error situation to see what works for you. Rather than copy and paste a system from a self-help book, we should all try to design a system that will work best for ourselves based on our own goals, our personalities, and our obligations. But at the same time, of course, it doesn't mean that we need to reinvent the whole wheel and design our productivity system from scratch because there's so many great tools out there, so many you know different schools of thought from different productivity gurus. So definitely you can prototype that in your life, see what works, see what doesn't work and pick and choose from certain systems so that you can build on the shoulders of all of these productivity giants out there.
1: And on that note, I think it's really important to remember a few key things. Number one, sustainability of these productivity tools or frameworks, because at the end of the day, the more friction and effort, the less likely you are to stick to your productivity system. So Finding one that's sustainable for you, for your lifestyle, for your work activities, you know what works best for you. Secondly, taking your mental health into account. I think this is something that Janice and I have stressed over and over again, because in order for it to be sustainable, to support your long-term goals, as well as help maintain your creativity... A productivity system that you're following should also include tools to manage your mental health. So on the note of creating healthy boundaries, taking breaks and ensuring you have time for non-work activities as well. There are so many ways to inject a little bit of this mental wellness into any productivity system. So remember, do not overwork yourself. And thirdly is to make make space for self-reflection. And so when you make space for that self-reflection, you put in regular reviews where you can reflect on your past work and tweak the processes for continuous improvements. Just to wrap things up, sustainability, taking your mental health into account, as well as making space for self-reflection.
0: And guys, we'd love to hear what are some of your productivity tips and to learn from you, how do you manage your time and energy? And for those of you who have not heard, we have also uh, created a private Facebook group where we have deeper discussions on the topic of the week. So you can search up Explore This Podcast on Facebook and yeah, you can join our group and we'll definitely chat more about this topic on our Facebook group. So just keep an eye out for
1: it. We're also very active on Instagram and our handle is A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E-P-H-I-S So if you resonate with today's episode Screen capture this podcast that you're listening to And tag us so that we can reshare your story on our profile We'd love to hear from you Keep your comments, your reviews, your ratings coming And that's all we have for this week Bye. Bye! If you've stuck around to the end of this episode We want to say thank you for exploring with us